This is Anchored in Christ, the sermon podcast that gives you hope in the gospel as an anchor for your soul. Brought to you from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Let us now turn to scripture. Please turn with me in your pew Bibles if you would like to page 151 of your New Testament. And I will read from 1 Corinthians 10, beginning at verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, so that they may be saved. Be imitators of me, as I am of Christ. And our second reading is from Matthew 5, which is found on page 4 in the New Testament. I'm actually going to begin at verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Please join me in prayer. Jesus Christ, as we hear your words in scripture, may they penetrate our hearts and our minds so we love you with every fiber of our being and we love others as you love them. Amen. My husband Arch and I give our dogs a good long walk every morning. Samson is our nine-year-old flat-coated retriever. He's been through all the training and he knows what he's supposed to do. Most of the time I can let him walk and run off leash because he listens to me. And that's the key. He loves us. He really does. So he tries hard to obey. What he doesn't understand is that his obedience is for his own safety. We, his human family, we can see far ahead usually before he can, and we can see the distractions and dangers that might affect him, like other dogs who may not be friendly, cars in the parking lot, or a cliff that he doesn't know about ahead on the trail in the woods. And the beautiful thing is, the more he obeys, the more freedom we can give him. Now, Kettle is our 11-month-old puppy and Samson's niece. She just came to live with us a couple of weeks ago, and she is extremely attached to me, following me everywhere. It's one thing to be loved, but to be loved by a nearly one-year-old puppy is a lot of love. (laughs) But Kettle has not yet learned what Samson has learned. We're working with her, but there are many times when we have to keep her on a leash because we can't trust her yet to obey our commands. Because she's not obedient, she is not safe. And consequently, she doesn't have as much freedom as she would like. Now, how will Kettle learn to be obedient? Well, partly by watching Samson. We hope she's not a bad influence on him, but he's a good influence on her. But also by practicing with Arch and me, because we know what is best for her, and we can teach her what to do, and we can keep her safe. And I'll tell you, when she is free, I love to see the beauty and joy of a dog like Kettle who is flying down a trail, completely unfettered, tongue hanging out of her mouth, ears flapping by the sides of her head, and she is simply being a dog. She's being all God created her to be. Now, how do we bring this back to us? 
Although we use the word frequently with dogs and even with children, I know the word obedient can be a bit of a hot button. Our society is built on the idea of independence, so the thought of obeying anyone can feel very uncomfortable. It may even be offensive, depending on the context. But for just a few minutes, I'd like for us to think about what it means to be obedient to Jesus. So what is obedience to Jesus? How do we do it? And what is the result? First, what is obedience to Jesus? In Mark 12, Jesus t says that the two greatest commandments are to love God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And in John 8, we just heard read that Jesus says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus is saying if we hold to his teaching, that means if we obey his commands, then we will be free. Now, most people think freedom means being able to do what you want and when you want to do it. But in reality, we are most free when we are most disciplined and obedient to a plan. It is obedience and discipline that eliminates fear and provides confidence. Let me say that again. It is discipline that eliminates fear and provides confidence. It's like the gymnast who is so disciplined in his routine that he is fear, free of the fear of injury. And he's confident in his unconscious ability, his muscle memory, to be able to twist and flip and land safely on two feet flat on the mat. He has no distractions that could lead to disaster. It's a joy to watch this highly disciplined athlete be all that he can be. Discipline provides guide rails that help you stay on the road, stay on track, without potentially harmful distractions. For instance, an investment plan means you have financial freedom and can retire early without financial concerns. A work day with structure means you get more things done and can actually do what you want with your free time instead of having your work drag out into your evening. Obedience to your nutrition and exercise plan means your body stays strong and healthy and you don't get tired out very easily. The same is true in our walk with Jesus. When you are a disciple, it means you are a disciplined learner. As Jesus' disciple, you learn from him in a disciplined way. In the same way you need guide rails to, keep, to give you financial freedom, spiritually, we all need guide rails so that we can be pointed toward God and experience real freedom. Just like when cattle is off leash and running joyfully unfettered, true freedom means running along the track of life without fear because we know that God is in charge. You can confidently trust that God loves you and wants only good things for you. God even places in you the desire to be obedient and the capacity to do so. We need that from God. So that's what obedience to Jesus is. Second, how do we practice obedience to Jesus? In our passage from 1 Corinthians 10, Paul makes just about the boldest statement I can imagine anyone ever making. Follow my example as I follow Christ. Follow my example, he says. Well, while Paul's statement is bold, it is not arrogant. It's practical. 
We've just heard stories from our guests at Teen Challenge that demonstrate the power of these scripture passages and the power of love for transformation. These men are disciples of Jesus learning from each other and loving each other in Christ's name. When they arrive at Teen Challenge, they are looking for role models to help them learn how to love God and others and how to make life-giving choices. As they mature spiritually, each of them then becomes a role model for others who arrive at their house. So it's both and. We learn from our friends and community how to love God and love others. And we must recognize that solely by the grace of God and not by any merit of our own, others look to us, to you and to me, to see what God's love looks like. So what do you think? Who can be your role model for obeying Jesus? Who do you know that lives a God-centered life? Who do you know that not only talks about the love of God, but acts it out? And more importantly than what they do or say, who do you know that makes people feel valuable, listened to, loved, and cared for? If you don't think you can identify somebody who does all of that right now, then who have you read about who can show you the way? St. Augustine, Dallas Willard, Corey Ten Boom, Howard Thurman, C.S. Lewis, Mother Teresa. Well, Paul also says that in addition to imitating him, we are to imitate Jesus. And we get to know Jesus from the Gospels, and he invites us to follow him so that we can be transformed into fishers of men and women. Now, it may feel impossible to imitate Jesus, but don't be discouraged. Think of it as training, not trying, like an athlete or a musician who knows she will get better if she's disciplined enough to simply practice and repeat the same routines every day with the help of the Holy Spirit. We can practice imitating how Jesus moves toward people, how he responds to people, and how he makes them feel truly loved. Here are some ways you can imitate Jesus' practices. Converse with God regularly throughout the day. Nothing fancy, just friend to friend. Attend worship faithfully. Regularly spend time alone with God, listening silently for what he has to say to you. And also spend time with a small discipleship group of one or two trusted friends. Feed people. Minister to those who are sick. Be present to and pray with those who are hurting and lonely. And celebrate the joyful occasions of life. Now, if you read and reread the Gospels, you can discover many more ways to imitate Jesus. But this is how we practice being obedient to Jesus. Third, what is the result of being obedient to Jesus? Well, discipline training with Jesus eventually leads to a kind of unconscious muscle memory so that you know how to love without even thinking about it. By walking with one or two trusted friends, soul companions, who are also disciples, who love you and whom you can love, you are able to stay within those guide rails without even thinking about it. And you stay pointed toward Jesus as you live your daily life. Over time, in cooperation with the power of the Holy Spirit, you begin to notice a transformation of your attitude, your behavior, and your character 
as you become a confident child of God, the one that you were created to be. Most importantly, you come to experience the truth about how extravagantly God loves you. How extravagantly God loves you. That love gives you freedom from the tempting lies that our adversary would have you believe, especially the lie that you are not enough. True freedom from that lie changes everything. So almost surprisingly, we find that obeying Jesus' command is neither an obligation nor a burden. It becomes a joyful desire to please him because we are in the same family. We respond to his abundant love with love of our own. We read in Matthew 5 how Jesus actually requires that his disciples be examples for other people to follow when he says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I am not alone as I grow in my capacity to love. I have other God-filled people I can watch and learn from. As a church, we are called to learn from each other, love each other, and encourage each other as we grow in faith. And finally, friends, I hope you take home this message. The truth is I need you to show me how to be obedient to Jesus' commands, to love God completely and love others deeply. That love changes both of us and it frees us from fear and lies and makes us confident to live in the truth of who God created us to be, the best version of ourselves. Our church is called to be lit up like a city on a hill so all can see how we live and love as disciples of Jesus. Together, we can reflect the bright light of God's love and hope to a world that desperately needs more of both. So before I close us in the prayers of the people, which was accidentally left out of the bulletin, I'd like to give you a brief moment of silence to think and pray about who your models are. I'd like you to write down their names on the paper that's in your pews, and also write down what you will do this week to joyfully follow Jesus' commands to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and your neighbors as yourselves. So we'll just take one moment in silence, and then I will say the prayers of the people. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. If you'd like more information about our historic church, or you'd like to find out more about the gospel of Jesus, please visit our website at oldsouthnbpt.org. The peace of Christ be with you.